Dear readers, aliens, and creatures, welcome to the Plots and Reviews podcast, where we discuss, dissect, and critique books and other plots, sometimes calmly, sometimes not. I am your host, Bree. Now settle in. We're about to begin. Episode 6. So we're back with the Fallen Isles. It's the last book, so we won't have to hear about Mira anymore after this. But we are back with them, just like I mentioned last episode, where we are currently in Anahira. Um, Mira and her friends are trying to figure out to what extent the Fallen Isles have been sold to the Algati Empire. They're trying to figure out what it is that they can do to not have the gods leave them and basically destroy all of the islands. And they're also trying to save their family members and save dragons. So they have a huge task ahead of them. Because of this, they have had to engage with a lot of people and learn a lot about themselves so that they could uh, grow and in growing become a little bit more useful. Except for Mira. Mira manages to be consistently pathetic. So, you know, perhaps let's let's applaud Mira's consistency. <clears throat> anyway, you are now entering spoiler territory. So let's start reading what are some of the things that I highlighted. I did quite a few, um, so it should be interesting. So let's see. Uh, this is Mira speaking. Geralt, my voice was lost under the cacophony of mass panic. Geralt, as thousands of people grabbed and pushed me around. I scanned the tallest people nearby, but I couldn't see her. She was gone. And I just said the Mira should just be renamed Pathetic. They were actually um, at this meeting where the girl that was pretending to be Mira, where she had shown up and Mira lost her cool, decided to run out into the public and do something stupid. And naturally, she was calling attention to herself because of her powers she ended up destroying part of the location so people were fleeing because there was debris and the lights had gone crazy and uh, she of course is trying very hard to escape on her own moving along but there was no use arguing with history when he was acting as my protector and for 10 years, I'd been told to obey his show in emergencies. It was hard to ignore that kind of training. 10 minutes, my knees buckled as I walked. Not much, but his grip on my arm tightened and Lala squawked with renewed concern. 10 minutes, I said, and then I'm going looking for her with or without you. So Mira got back to the hotel where they were staying and Geralt wasn't there, although she was the one who basically lost Geralt because she did stupidness. And now she's like, oh my gosh, because his show has always been my protector. If he says no, well, then it's no, because I have had to 
follow his instructions all these years. Detail, she has not. For the last three books, Mira has been doing precisely what she wanted to do. People have been like, Mira, don't do it. And she went and she did it. So her following his orders all of a sudden, I was like, mm, Mira, let's just move on. Let's just move on. Then we have, I started after my sister, but Alina took my elbow and pulled me back. She'll come around when she's ready. I was like, she'll come around when I told her to. <laughs> Listen, as a big sister, as a big sister, right? If you are trying to do your best to defend your little sister and to save her from something, you you can't allow her to just flunk about, which is something I found weird. I, I don't know. I guess I don't know how other sisterly relationships are, but as a big sister, you need to impose limits, you know? You need to set limits and you need to teach your younger sister what it is that she needs to do and why what you're telling her to do is important like you need to train her properly just in case there's a zombie apocalypse and you don't want her to be the one that's trying to rebel at the wrong time so there's a balancing act that needs to be there moving along i was all right i touched histro's arm i was more worried for gerald than myself you're always more worried for other people. Again, this is a lie. No, she isn't. Read the book, you'll see. No, she isn't. You're always more worried for other people. No, no, she's not. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Next. Which is why we need to think about this, she went on. Mira, regardless of Alton's whereabouts, you are still a prisoner in the pit. We were all prisoners there. Exposing yourself puts everyone at risk, right? Now, look how this contradicts what was said about her before, that she puts other people's like interests ahead of herself. If she's been told this, and this is not the first time, it's because she does it consistently, okay? She constantly puts all of these other little friends of hers at risk. I close my eyes and exhale slowly. You're right. But if we want to make a difference in the world, we have to take risks. We can't put our own safety above the survival of the fallen isles, and nine might know how to help us. How so? Gerald leveled her scowl at me. Anyway, this is basically just just proving the point that no, she she does not consider others first. And she throws in this thing very subjectively of like, oh, the fallen isles. When in reality, her main interests are the dragons. Okay? She is just I don't know who she's fooling. She's trying to fool somebody, but I'm like, girl, I read the last two books about your life. I know you. I don't know who you're trying to fool, but it's not me. Moving along. Hello, Hope Bearer, he grinned. The reek of his breath was almost unbearable. This is Alton, by the way. So Alton, the guy who, um, he had Aru tortured and he was also mean to Mira by like not giving her proper food and water for the four days. So they have been keeping him in a closet. They haven't allowed him to take a bath. They haven't allowed him to like have any form of hygiene and he's just been waiting patiently until they've been ready to use him again. Another point I had with this that I found really weird is how much filth these people are dwelling in. Like they're not taking consistent baths. They're not taking care of their hygiene. And I don't know 
why? Considering that they're all coming from well-off families. I didn't like that actually about the book. I, I found it very sus. Like it's, I didn't like it. Anyway, hello, Hope Bearer, he grinned. The reek of his breath was almost unbearable. I didn't waste time with niceties. Where are Turta and Albina? Didn't I tell you? You can't have them when I get what I want. You're not one of us, I hissed. You don't get to know the things we know. You are a prisoner. Okay, Mira. Okay. Okay, Mira. So I was like, again, I mentioned this, the, the filth. And they're not changing their clothes and it's disgusting. And when they go on to have this conversation where he's like, oh, well, I guess you're never going to know where they are because he, he had his people kidnap Tercha and Albina. They're the ones that were pretending to be Mira, right? Um, and she's like, you will tell me, you will tell me now. And Fury apparently back blackened the edges of her vision. I was like, Nafilia less no one no one actually believes you're going to do this he's like will you torture me now hobier no i wouldn't he knew i wouldn't i wasn't like him and i'm like yeah blah 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 i wouldn't hurt people to get what i wanted but maybe i can give him an incentive what about a bath i'm not interested in you like that but it's thoughtful of you to offer dude this whole thing it's like Again, weird. I mentioned that. Like, mm, sir, take a bath. Mira, I don't know why you see these like... And I think I've mentioned this before where people are like... The woman is always like, don't kill him. Don't. Although he has done everything under the sun. Let's not kill him and torture him to ensure we get what we want. No. Instead... Let us let him live so that he can come back in the next movie, kill out our family members, and he dies accidentally when we incompetently try to kill him. How does that make sense? Kill him now. Get rid of it. Anyway, so that was weird. Continuing. Then we go on to now that he has Turta, I can't go as me. Imagine the chaos of two hope bearers. I hauled myself up the last few stairs. No, I'll go incognito and look for Nye. It will give me a different sort of freedom, not being myself. And then I was like, I predict her launching herself at the hope bearer people because she's upset about something said or done. This doesn't happen. Does it happen? No, this doesn't happen because the hope bearer, they don't show up. We find out that there's something else going on there but had they shown up she would have done that because she has no self-control she 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 can't just think anyway moving along then slowly as though he'd forgotten how to move in front of other people aru put his arm around me and drew me closer we sat there stiffly but soon our breathing sinked and our muscles relaxed can I tell you something? I whispered. He didn't respond. I wouldn't respond either. This woman is annoying as hell. Anyway, <clears throat> maybe I shouldn't. Maybe it wasn't right to burden him anymore. And I was like, yes, for goodness sake, Miro. For goodness sake. This man's island had just decided to stand up, right? 
all of the little people fell off the island because it stood up, including his family members. And here she is now, like, wanting... I can't even remember what she wanted to do. She wanted to, like, discuss the dragons. I'm like, Mira, now is not the time. Now is not the time. Again, no, she's not... Oh my gosh. I I I cannot take this woman. I can't. Like now is not the time, Mira. So then we go on to <clears throat> I stopped moving, letting my hands drop to my sides as I thought about the evening on the chance encounter, right before we'd kiss, and he tried to say my name aloud. They'd been a part of me, a deep, secret part of me I'd never wanted to acknowledge, that had thought if he had ever used his voice again, it would be because of our love, their love, which is like one of the most pathetic love, like relationships of love, whatever, that I have read in a very long time, right? But their supposed love. Uh -uh -uh. It would be because of our love. I believed somewhere in my selfish depths you see even she calls herself the selfish that the first time he used his voice again it would be to declare that he loved me or to speak my name or something else silly and romantic and ridiculous disappointment disappointment <laughs> disappointment washed through me hot with shame of my greed my throat and cheeks burned as i looked up at him you and I will go. My com my comments here. I had no comments because I thought that it spoke for itself. What more did I have to say? Like, I... <laughs> moving along. Um, moving along. So, we continue and we have... Let the others do their parts. Make sure you do yours. Don't allow yourself to be distracted by things you cannot control. Focus on the things you can affect. And this is being said to her by Chenda. Because she again throws herself... You see, don't allow yourself to be distracted by things you can't control. She has a tendency of just putting herself in situations without thinking, like just throwing herself into it. And then everyone else has to reap the effects of her recklessness and i don't like that anyway but but aru on was on our side he wouldn't he had why why would aru of all people let alton escape into a city full of innocent people aru knew what alton was a monster what is up with people and this a monster label like We've seen Monsters, Inc. They're not that bad. We need to come up with better descriptors for these people. A monster really isn't kicking it any longer. Like, it's not It's not working. Anyways, as I was saying, <clears throat> Alton was a monster. Perhaps sometimes a useful monster, but a monster nonetheless. And I was like, okay, what the hell? He was a man who'd lock me in my cell all by myself starving me for four days which as i've noted before for the, my psa unless you have some random underlying condition not eating for four days will not kill you 
He was the man who transferred Northstone fire into a room in order to make me talk. And she is the one who we suspect blew it up on his feet and messed up his feet. But she doesn't talk about that, does she? He was the man who pursued us across the fallen aisles, hurting Lala, her dragon, stealing Kelsine, the other dragon that they found randomly, destroying the council house. Yeah, this was pretty bad, though. And threatening to kill Aru on the chance encounter. Because he wanted to get stuff done. And he figured he could use Aru because she loved him. The man is an efficient person. He is using everything he can to get what he needs to get. And the thing is, she keeps on throwing this out. But like, there is so much harm that she could have possibly done. When she had her little attack in the little theater, how many people has had she hurt? Like, how many people were injured because of her? But none of this, none of this, like, none of this computes, you know? It's it's so subjective, her goodness and selflessness. And I'm like, mm. blah, 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 blah. Again, Aru's chest expanded with a long breath. And my question died in my throat because I suddenly knew why. The two of them, Aru and Altan, shared a goal. Or at least they had goals that lined up. Aru had a goal that he hadn't shared with me. <laughs> my gosh. But he had shared it with Altan. I, I rolled my eyes at this. Something inside my chest cracked. I turned back to Chanda. You're right. We have a lot to do today. So Aru did actually make a deal with Alton, basically using him because nobody else was. I mean, he was trapped in the closet, stinking, and the aisles are raising. So Aru was like, I need you to go do something, which we're going to figure out what it is later on. But it made sense. I was like, yeah. So then we have... um her her hair treatment which she's like carefully i combed soft oils through the dark strands letting moisture soaked in and my observation here was that oils actually seal your hair they don't moisturize it so if you want to moisturize your hair you need to like have like water-based product and then over it you put an oil so that you can seal the moisture into your hair moving along Chenda tilted my face sideways. The touch of her brush was soft but deliberate. And here Chenda's going to start talking about the tattoos that the people from Bopa wear. And the Bopans are the ones who have power over shadows and manipulating their shadows and having their shadows fight and do other things. So different lines suggest different meanings. But there can be more than one interpretation of every tattoo. It's individual to the person and sometimes private with only a suggestion of pain or joy or some other feeling associated with what the tattoo actually means to the wearer. And I like this because I think that's like tattoos now. There is a lot that, you know, people may have certain lines and so on that they've printed on their skin that have a meaning. And I was like, okay, that's cool. It was just like interesting. It wasn't any mirror hate. <clears throat> so Aru went, took a shower because they're getting ready to go to this event, right? And now he's shaved. So his jaw was smooth and sharp. 
The cut of his suit was all clean lines that accented his slender build, and the fabric was deep blues and blacks, with hints of bronze embroidery that popped around his cuffs and collar. So unlike an Idrisi, even his fingernails were clean, trimmed neatly into pale over ovals over his warm brown skin. I couldn't look away. Again, okay, okay, Mira. Okay. I don't, I don't, anyway. Okay. So then I was counting how many times she said, I'm sorry because I had to draw, I have to draw her on fire. Once she would have said, I'm sorry more than five times. And she does. So I need to get that painting of her on fire coming out. Moving along. Mother always said that people made room for beautiful ladies. And if there was one thing I knew about myself, it was that even scarred, even sharp, because she lost more weight, she got skinnier since she's been running around this place and not eating properly, even haunted, I was beautiful. Good for you, Mira. That is great. That is, that is great. My stomach turned over with revulsion. You're a disgrace, I hissed. Cruel, careless, you show none of the Damian love. None of Dorina's compassion. Thalman sneered. How would you know anything about love, Bopin? You care more for shadows. People died on a Dracy. Now, they were here at this event. And they were supposed to pretend to be Bopins, right? Hence the tattoo that she had on her face. And the outfit that Aru was wearing to look Bopin and not Idrisi. But like I said, they can't manage, like especially Mira, she can't manage to hold herself together. And you would think that she, all of her training, I mean, the 10 years training that she has with Hitro allows her to like follow his orders. But her whole lifetime of training and diplomatic relations don't allow her to like know when and how she needs to speak to people to pass across her point. I don't know. I found that weird. I it was like an inconsistency just to bring out her reaction i don't know it was it was very off but i am feeling like this needs to be two parts so i am going to continue with the other yeah the other um highlighted portions in a next episode because uh frankly guys it doesn't need to be this long more than 20 minutes is just unnecessary for now so i'll break this down into another part and then i will add some more observations towards the ending of that one what marked me up to where we would have read now um was more of the reaction that many of the wealthier persons had and and even the politicians had to what was happening with the Fallen Isles. Very few of them showed any true interest in the fact that they could probably die pretty soon once the island decided to stand up. And overall, I found it almost like... Okay, to begin with, we don't know where the other teenagers and children are. Strangely enough, we don't really see any other teenagers and children you know um participating or or appearing which is weird and the 
adults are all self-serving and just against things, which I think is idealistic. It's almost like these five, six children are the only children who could do something against the adults, none of whom care. And that that was a bit off. But there you have it. So that was part one of When She Rains. And next episode, I'll do part two um, of When She Rains. And we'll wrap that up with some general observations. Yay! So that was part one of When She Ascends. Our next episode is going to be part two. So that's going to be episode seven. And we're just going to finish off reading and give the final observations. And then move on to some juicy books that I've been reading. Woohoo! So that should be a whole different experience. Uh, which I hope you're going to appreciate and enjoy as much as I enjoyed it. It's been great having you today. Thanks so much for checking in. Remember to comment and share with your family and friends. And I'll be looking out to sharing more bookish reviews and maybe other reviews, movie, movie reviews. I'm thinking of adding my movie reviews here too because some of those movies need live emotions. Anyways, thanks for checking in. See you next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.